Well, welcome back to the Pass It On Weekly Podcast. Uh, we're going to end our series today. Uh, and there were really two main points that I wanted to get through to you last week. And that was this, that our hearts draw boundary lines for how far we go. Because our hearts are deceitful, it's really easy for that boundary line to be crossed. There's no cushion past that boundary line. Once you're over it, you're off the cliff and into sin that leads to destruction. The only way to make sure that those lines are drawn in the right place is to have the right heart. Scripture is the instruction book to help lay the right boundaries. David prayed for it right after he was found out with his sin with Bathsheba, after his heart led him into the swamp of sin. In Psalm 51, he prayed, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. The second thing I wanted to get across to you last week was that Scripture is the instruction book to help lay those boundaries, but I also said that we need good friends who are able to say to us and encourage us, not always with what we want to hear, but sometimes what we need to hear. Those are the types of people that we need in our lives, not only the ones who lead you into sin or simply empathize with you when you fall, we need people that will stop us before we hit that brick wall, before we, before we fall. And they happen when they catch us. Hopefully they're brave enough to say something to us so we don't keep falling deeper. The third thing that I really wanted to get across to you last week uh, was that God loves you. He can use times like this in our lives when we're totally unworthy of anything good, undeserving of any of his grace and his mercy, he can use those times to show us how we desperately need him. But there's something that he wants from us when we fall. And, and guys, it's this. He's looking for repentance, true repentance, a complete turnaround. You're walking this way and repentance is I turn around and walk the other way. That's exactly what we see in David's life. That's why in the Bible that it says David was a man after God's own heart. So that's where we're going to pick back up in the story. And this will be the end of the series on the life of David for now. There's lots of other things about David's life, but we're going to kind of end uh, right here. So we're going to enter into David's life and look deeper. As we look into this passage, we're going to find a pathway to repentance. And here's what we see. We see that true repentance begins with conviction of sin. God in his mercy sends his prophet to confront David with his sin. Nathan shares a simple story with David of two men and a precious pet lamb, which the rich man stole from the poor man. Now, Nathan was this guy who he was part of David's council. And so his government council, he was one of the advisors. And so he was very uh, on, on the inside of David's life. He had saw how David was living. And, you know, we need these sort of guys, these guys who are part of our lives, who know how when we fall, they, they know it, right? And so David has this kind of crushing experience when you know, and we've all had this probably at some point, but we sin and you break God's law and, and we think, man, I just got away with it. And then boom, someone finds out or maybe, maybe actually we listen to the Holy Spirit of God in us and we're convicted. 
The work of God starts when we acknowledge from the depth of our hearts, I am the man. I messed up. God is angry with me because of these things. Yes, I need to repent, even me, especially me, because I am the man. So first, conviction of sin. Then that leads to confession of sin. And we read in 2 Samuel chapter 12 how David responded when Nathan said to David, you are the man. So here's this guy, Nathan. He's one of David's closest advisors, and he knew David very well. Uh, he may have had some insight also into his sin with Bathsheba because of this. If you remember a few weeks ago, I shared that another one of David's top advisors was a guy named Aphibosheth. And he, if you remember, was the grandfather of Bathsheba. It's likely that those two probably talked. Him and Nathan were probably kind of on the same board together. And it's likely that he could have heard from Aphibosheth uh, because they were both advisors and they probably both knew David very well. Um, so here is Nathan who uh, comes onto the scene and Nathan comes with a story that he wants to tell David. <clears throat> Just like so many times before Nathan enters the room and he's going to advise David on a pretty big matter. And so he starts to explain uh, what happens to this man with this lamb. It's a pet lamb. And I, I just want you to picture this in your mind, but I don't want you to picture a lamb because we don't have pet lambs uh, usually in this culture. But I bet a lot of us have like a pet dog, right? And so here's Nathan. He comes to David and he says, there's this guy. He had a ton of pet dogs. And uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago, but um, what would what they would do in that culture, in that time, in the Old Testament before the New Covenant, was that they would have to make a sacrifice, atoning for their sin. And so they would usually atone for their sin using an animal. They would have to sacrifice it to the Lord to atone for their sin. And so a lot of times it would be lambs. And so here's this guy. He has a ton of lambs. We're going to call them dogs right now, right? Because that's more in line with our culture. So this guy has a ton of dogs and Atonement Day comes around. Atonement Day uh, was uh, the day when they would slaughter the animal and offer it up for, for to atone for their sins uh, to the Lord. And so in instead of taking his own dog to the Atonement Day, uh, he looks and he finds a poor man with this lamb. That, and this lamb was like a pet to him. It's probably slept with him. Uh, he fed it special lamb treats. And here he is uh, with this one lamb. He's poor. And this man with many lambs takes his lamb, steals it, and brings it for atonement and sacrifices it. Well, David just like burns with anger. And he says to Nathan, Nathan, this guy has got to die. Uh, this was not a right thing. And, and Nathan looks at him and he says, well, David, you're the man. And, it, and at that point, I can imagine uh, David is like, whoa, what are we talking about here? And Nathan, then Nathan goes on to explain that uh, the Lord had showed him, David, you've been given all of this from the Lord. You've been given all of these victories. You've been given this kingdom. 
And all of a sudden, you took all of that for granted. And, and he, he, he gets found out. He gets found out with the sin with Bathsheba. All of the cover-up, all the lies, they all come to that point where David gets found out. And Nathan was very brave uh, to be able to confront David in his sin. Uh, David probably didn't even know what to say, but uh, he said the right thing. And he didn't try to cover it up farther. Here's what David did instead. He repented. He repented of his sin. And, and it's it's pretty amazing. If we read in Psalm 51, we read about just after Nathan comes to David. Uh, here's David's first response. It wasn't to cover everything up again. But he says this, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. And so here's David. Uh, he, he is confronted with his sin and he doesn't run from it anymore. And it's a turning point in David's life. David was repentant. David was repentant. One of the things that we read later on uh, in that confrontation with Nathan is Nathan was very graceful to David. Uh, he said to David, David, you're not going to die. Uh, you're not going to die. Surely the Lord isn't going to kill you here. Um, and so he was very graceful uh, with David. And that's just something that I want to point out because sometimes we're the other guy. We're Nathan in the story. And so we find out about someone's sin. And what are we going to do? We're going to confront them, of course. That's the right thing to do. But are we going to kick them when they're down? That's the wrong thing to do. And so here's David, a good friend, uh, sincere, brave for sure. Uh, and he confronts David but then he doesn't kick him when he's down. He he restores him and says, "David, uh, the Lord is not gonna the Lord's not gonna kill you here." And so David is not just sad uh, that he got found out, but David shows uh, his heart here, and that was a heart of sincere repentance. And there's a difference between being just sad that I did it or sad that I got caught and true repentance. There's a difference. David showed God and everybody else. He meant business by praying and fasting and truly confessing. True confession is not always public, uh, but if we mean business with God, then our confession will sometimes be public. Sometimes we'll need to just get it out there. I often say this, that uh, you know, Satan has a heyday with something that is left in the dark but what is brought to the light, God can do something with. Certainly, there would be a greater blessing uh, if we were to confess our sins to one another and pray for one another more often. James 5.16 commands us to do that. Um, after David confesses his sin, after he's convicted of his sin, uh, there's something special that happens, and, uh, and, and David is cleansed from his sin. 
David, after he repented, what did God say to him through the mouth of the prophet Nathan? Nathan, like I said, he said, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan replied, the Lord has taken away your sin. David, surely you're not going to die. That's amazing grace. You know, you look at the whole experience and David then could write the words that we read in Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day night and all day long. For night and day, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. How often when we have this sin that only we know about, it just rots the inside of us because only we know about it. And David felt the weight of that. He felt the weight of God knowing that. God knows it all, right? And so here we see David's life moving from conviction to confession to cleansing. And, that, you know, there's many who would want the story to end here. That's a, that's a good ending. But as we see in 2 Samuel chapter 12, uh, the Lord did not take away the consequences of sin. Uh, there are still consequences of our sin and consequences to our action. And sometimes we just want that to be taken away and the end of the story be, I'm cleansed, I'm free. You know, but there's consequences to sin. And so it says this in 2 Samuel chapter 12, uh, verse 13, the Lord has taken away your sin. But then what happens to David after that? He sins with Bathsheba. They have a son and the Lord takes his son. His son dies. And that's the consequences of sin. They followed David after his actions. And like it or not, we have to live with those consequences just like David did. God never brings us condemnation without offering grace and healing. And time and time again, the Bible says this, that God wants to have an intimate relationship with us. He goes out of his way to invite us into that relationship. The whole point of Nathan's parable was not to punish David, but to restore him, to bring him to repentance. It doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. God's healing, God's restoring grace is available to you just like it was for David. All we have to do is be willing to face God and ourselves with the same painful honesty that was David's first step toward rebuilding his life. Our lives can find healing. We can be restored. We can be rebuilt just like David was. It all began with Nathan's word. You are the man. When we get to the point of admitting before God that I am that man or I am that woman, then God's forgiveness and God's cleansing and restoration can be ours. Conviction of sin, confession of sin, and cleansing from sin. This is God's grace. This is a story of God's mercy. And if God can forgive David, then guess what, guys? He can forgive you and me. Deception, adultery, murder, that was all on David's sin list. However great the sin is, however great your sin is and my sin is, God's mercy is greater if 
we truly repent. When God convicts us, if we confess our sin, then God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is what the Bible says and promises, and I believe that, and I hope you do too. Psalm 32 says, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. We learn a lot from David's life, and there's so much more to David's life that, that we didn't cover, but please don't learn the hard way. Please learn, uh, take David's life as your example. You don't have to learn from heartache and your own mistakes. Learn from David. It's a lot easier that way. Thanks for being with us for this series on David. Thanks for being with us on this podcast. And, and let me just pray with you one more time. Lord, we thank you so much, Lord, for your mercy and your grace in our lives, Lord. I pray that, uh, God, that we would be the type of people that are convicted of sin and respond to it, the type of people that respond to sin by confessing it and by truly repenting of our sin, giving it, giving it back to you, not hiding it any longer. Lord, I pray that uh, you would just give us boldness uh, if we are Nathan in this story, God, to be able to confront someone, to be able to talk to someone in a loving way about their sin, Lord. I pray that we would love people that much, that we would be willing to step into that and say something. Uh, give us boldness to do that, Lord. Help us, even as David had, Lord, a man after your own heart, Father. I pray that our hearts would be turned toward you, hearts full of repentance God, and, and Lord, we just ask for your grace and your mercy to cover us. In Jesus' name, amen.